This is The Guardian. Normally, being a little extra can be a bit much. But when it comes to healthcare, it pays to be extra. And United Healthcare makes it easy with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they supplement your primary plan, helping you manage out-of-pocket costs without the usual requirements and restrictions like deductibles and enrollment periods. So when it comes to covering your medical bills, you can feel good about being a little extra. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Science Weekly is supported by Better help. Here's a question. If you had an extra hour in your day, what would you do with it? Watch TV? Read a book? Meet up with a friend? Maybe a little nap? A lot of us spend our lives wishing we had more time. But for what? Perhaps to best answer that, you need to work out what's truly important to you, then make that a priority. Therapy can help you work out what's most important to you. It isn't just for those who've unfortunately experienced trauma in their lives. Therapy can be helpful for learning positive coping skills and for setting boundaries. It can empower you to be the best version of yourself. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online and designed to be convenient, flexible and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Learn to make time for what makes you happy with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash scienceweekly today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash scienceweekly. Walks along the Seine, a trip up the Eiffel Tower, freshly baked croissants. And now... A bedbug infestation sweeping through Paris and anxiety quickly rising, with reports of the blood-sucking parasites on buses and trains, inside movie theatres and hotels. In the last few weeks, panic has been spreading across the city, as residents and tourists post their encounters with the tiny bloodsuckers on social media. It's so freaking itchy and I've been checking all my bags to make sure I don't carry any of them home. Guys, be careful on the metro. I took the metro once. I was in George and look at my legs. And the crisis has made its way to the top of the political agenda too. The French government held an emergency meeting today to discuss plans to address a widespread infestation of bedbugs in hotels, homes and across public transport. But is France suffering a significant bedbug outbreak? Or is the threat they pose more psychological? From The Guardian, I'm Madeleine Finlay, and this is Science Weekly. Right, so everyone is itching themselves, um, and <laughs> even if they haven't been bitten by anything. And people's behaviour has changed, and that means things like you notice people avoid sitting down on the Paris metro. Many people have said to me, we don't sit down anymore and we won't be sitting down again. That's Angelique Chrysophis. 
the Guardian's Paris correspondent, and she's been writing about the bedbug panic over there. Some people are not going to the cinema. Some people, when they go around to each other's houses, are sitting on chairs or stools, but never on the sofa to avoid the upholstery. And there's a lot of hoovering going on, that's for sure. I asked Angelique when the increase in reports of sightings began. Well, we're in the middle of a kind of national panic about it at the moment. But it's something, it's a topic and a fear that's been on people's minds in France and in Paris particularly for the last five years. And in the last few weeks, well, actually in the last few months, it started off with a few social media posts about cinema seats um, when there was a cinema goer who said, I've seen a bug on my seat and I've come out and I'm itching and I've got bites and I'm blaming the cinema. And that was when cinemas in Paris started saying, well, listen, we fumigate regularly. And I think that made people think, well, if you fumigate regularly, is there a problem? I've also seen pictures of bedbugs on public transport. Is there any issue there? Well, yes. On social media, we've had people spotting or seeming to spot or videoing bugs on train seats, airports. And this has caused a real crisis politically because it meant that the government was forced to hold crisis talks with train operators and bus operators in Paris, but really nationwide was talking about high-speed train seats as well. Now, there was a case of a driver on Line 8 Metro in Paris who said that he had seen a bug in his driver's cabin. When he signalled that to his superiors, they basically took that train off out of circulation and fumigated. And they say that that's something they do regularly on public transport. And actually, you can sometimes smell that. There certainly is a lot of awareness of the transport system here that has already been working on this for many years. And the government says, look, there's no actual figures to show that things have got worse recently. But what the government's now promised to do is report back every three months with figures in case those figures start rising. And do you think that maybe this has taken off because there's been an increased focus on Paris recently? I mean, there's the Paris Fashion Week and there's the Rugby World Cup at the moment. So people are there, they're travelling, they're thinking, am I going to take bedbugs home? Definitely. I think people in Paris have been sort of adapting the way they live to do with bedbugs for a long time to try and make sure that they avoid them. Like any city, like New York as well, for example. But because Paris is really in the spotlight, Paris Fashion Week, the Rugby World Cup, the Olympics coming up, once you start getting a sort of crisis being shared on social media and people filming their seats, then basically we're in what's being called by some opposition politicians a kind of national psychosis. But the other issue is you have to look at statistics. The Health and Sanitary Board in France said that between 2017 and 2022, about 11% of French homes have been infected. And you can also see that private companies are having more and more call-outs. So there were around 800,000 in 2020, and we're now a million in 2022. Okay, so that is actually quite a lot. And it does make it sound like there's a real problem. And... I did even read that some schools have been closed recently. Yes, seven schools have closed in the past week or so, and bedbugs have been found in about 17 schools. The schools are all over the country, so from Marseille to the Vosges. There was a high school in Paris where the teachers invoked their right not to teach because bedbugs were found. And although the authorities said, look, you can keep teaching, this is only an issue in one room, teachers refused to teach. So when the students turned up, there were no lessons, the school wasn't even open. That was for one day. And so it's become a big issue for the government, which is under pressure because La France Insoumise, which is a left-wing party, was making a lot of noise about this issue. And it 
we had this incredible scene in the National Assembly, the lower house of parliament, where Mathilde Panot, who is head of the parliamentary group of the left wing, La France Insoumise, someone who's been talking about bedbugs for years. It's really been a key campaigning issue in her politics. She arrived in the assembly with a vial of bedbugs which she held up and she started this speech saying there is a wave of panic that has taken over the nation. And the Prime Minister did look quite concerned actually at this speech. Maisons de retraite, les prisons, les trains, ou même les salles de cinéma. To understand why bedbugs induce panic and anxiety in all of us, I called an expert. <laughs> How about that? Can you hear me? I can hear you. Um, just give me a little test. Um, okay. Maybe you could tell me what your favorite insect is. Oh, I love ticks and I love bed bugs. I love mosquitoes, any kind of medically important insect. <laughs> you... <laughs> of course, a uh, tick is not an insect, actually. There can't be that many people in the world who would give that answer. No, to... <laughs> not many. <laughs> That's Jerome Goddard. Extension Professor of Medical and Veterinary Entomology at Mississippi State University, bedbug expert, and self-proclaimed fan. There are blood-sucking insects in the insect order Hemiptera, and there's about 91 species of them in the world, but they're mostly on bats and certain birds, swallows, things like that. Only two or three species bite people. The common bedbug, Cymex lectularius, and then one or two others are the only ones that bite people. Maybe you could tell me a little bit about their sort of habits, their behaviours. I mean, do they always live in furniture? No, they're in a lot of different places. They do like cracks and crevices to hide, but they need to be near their host, whatever they're sucking blood from. Sometimes in a heavily infested area, you'll find them behind pictures on the wall or behind the headboards of a bed. Certainly, they like to be in and around a mattress because that's where people are. And am I right in thinking that bedbug numbers across the world are going up? And if they are, why is that happening? Yes, I think they certainly have re-emerged. They were fairly common, I think, worldwide up until the 30s or 1940s, but they sort of went away due to a lot of things. We think one of the main things is they went away due to DDT and other chlorinated hydrocarbon insecticides that were so effective. But of course, those were banned around the world. The US banned them, I think, in the 70s and the UK did so in the 80s. And so is that when the bedbugs started to come back? And is that why? The people argue about when they reemerge. But in my opinion, it was the late 80s, 90s. And this change is due to several things. One is there's resistance to the pesticides we use in pest control. Some people say immune, but resistance, the better word. Also, international travel, the world is a village kind of thing, because that's how they get around is in people's stuff. Another thing that has led to their increase, a lot of people don't even mention this, is that not everyone reacts. I can put them on me. I've done it many times. You can put them on, I can put them on my arm to feed. Look the other way. I can't feel it. I don't feel a thing. No mark, no itching, no red bump, nothing. So in my opinion, from our studies, maybe half the people that are being bitten by bedbugs don't even know it. It's kind of a terrifying thought. I'm not going to lie. Um, 
But why are bed bugs so difficult to get rid of? You know, why do we have to use very often these quite serious pesticides? People think they're magic, that you can't kill them, you can't get rid of them, they're there forever. That's not true. You can kill them. They die easily. <laughs> they die easily. Soapy water will kill them. Rubbing alcohol bought at a local store, 50% will kill them if you spray it on them. And they're always dying. If I have a 100 of them in a colony trying to build them up for an experiment, they're dying as quick as I'm multiplying them. Now, a lot of other insects that bite us, mosquitoes, ticks, in exchange for the blood, very often they give us diseases in return. Is this true for bedbugs? There's been a lot of research on whether or not bedbugs transmit diseases. And I think the consensus is that they are not vectors of diseases biologically. That would mean, you know, like where they're the germ or pathogen grows inside them and is later transmitted through the bite. They might could transmit diseases mechanically. Like, for example, if one sucked blood from somebody with hepatitis and then a person smashed that bed bug, which they do. People often smash them with their hands when they're in heavily infested places. And then if they rub their eye or something like that, pick their nose, maybe they could transmit diseases that way. So I wouldn't worry about that. I would just worry about the direct effects, the nuisance biting, and maybe the mental and psychological effects. And so it really does have an impact on people's mental health. That is correct. We did a study on this where we studied two or three different bed bug websites where people posted things about their bed bug infestations. And we found 81% of those people reported three or more behaviors commonly associated with PTSD, post-traumatic stress disorder, paranoia, obsessive thoughts, depression, suicidal thoughts, strain on relationships, had to go to counseling, required medications, and all kinds of things. Now, what we don't know about that study that we did is how many of these people may have had mental or emotional issues before they had bed bugs, so we don't know that. But anyway, I have seen people that had bed bugs, got rid of them, but then they just cannot shake this idea that they're still there and it becomes an obsession and they just go to all kind of extreme measures to prevent or block further infestation and it gets, it really gets psychotic and crazy. They do all kind of crazy stuff. Some people will put their bed post in kerosene change their clothes or take a bath five or six times a day, won't go outside. A lot of studies have shown people can't sleep because they're afraid to go to sleep, because they're afraid the bed bugs will come out. Reading about bed bugs, talking about them, I already feel sort of a little bit creepy and freaked out, like I want to go home and check my mattress immediately. And so why do you think that they have this psychological effect on us? I think it's this idea that while we're asleep or in our safe place, our bed, our bedroom, that there's something that is there that or could be there that we don't know about. This idea that, okay, I wake up in the morning and there are these bite marks on my body. Where did this come from? Why is this happening? 
And it affects you psychologically, I think. So after studying bedbugs for a while and, you know, even letting them take a bite out of you, what are your top tips for avoiding getting bedbugs? <laughs> All right, this is a great question. Great question, how to try to avoid them. First of all, be very careful buying stuff at a thrift store. I might even purchase a pesticide that is properly labeled for crack and crevice and that has bed bugs on the label. I might spray the cracks and crevices of those items just to make sure. Another thing is when I go to a hotel, hostel, place like that, I never put my stuff on the bed. I don't even put my luggage anywhere near the bed. I put my luggage in the bathroom. Then I inspect the thing before I sleep there. I inspect. I pull the sheets back. I look for bed bugs on the mattress. I look for the little spots, the little black pepper-like spots of feces. If I see that, I go back to the manager and say, there's bed bugs in my room. I want another room. If I travel a lot, this is another thing. If I travel a lot, when I get home, I don't put my luggage on my bed and unpack it. Never. I put my luggage in the garage or outside and unpack it and go put the clothes in the washer on hot and then dry them on hot. That takes care of everything. I will say this for those of you who are terrified. My son is a mathematics professor but he knows bugs because he grew up with me. He went to a, a mathematical conference in New Orleans. He inspected the mattress. He inspected everywhere. He put the stuff in the bathroom or away from the bed. He woke up in the night, and on the pillow by his head was a bed bug. Uh. <laughs> and it really freaked him out because he thought, I've really done everything you're supposed to do. And here they are. Oh, <laughs> I'm not sure that's the story I want to end on, but um. <laughs> I don't know. If, I don't know if you want to put that in because that it contributes to the fears. But still, to me, they're not magic. I would just be very careful when I got home with that luggage. I'd be very careful. They don't attach and stay attached. They just feed for about five minutes and then crawl off. So, Angelique, we have heard from Jerome about how these insects can get into your mind as well as into your bed. So what are government officials actually doing about all of this? Well, the French government spokesman has described the situation as one of legitimate anxiety in France. And the government has held several crisis meetings to try and assess the situation. So far, we're just at the stage of assessment in government terms. The furthest that we've gone has been the transport minister, Clement Bourne, who calls together transport operators, rail and buses, to talk about how you take measures to avoid any kind of infestations on train seats or bus seats. But basically, we're still waiting for any government um, official plan to be launched. Because the 2024 Paris Olympics, just around the corner. It's not long. Do you think they'll have managed to come up with a plan to have dealt with the problem by then? Yes, I think they are working hard on it. And it's also local authorities. I think local authorities just want more funding. So one of their issues, and this is very true, is that it's extremely expensive to get a private company to come and, and fumigate your house or, or deal with these insects. And some families who don't have the means can't afford to do that. And so 
politicians are saying to the government, you have to provide some kind of state service to fumigate or get rid of these bugs to deal with them. Or um, home insurance has to factor in the costs of bed bug removal. And because the Olympics is really the defining moment on everyone's political agenda at the moment, that's being used as a sort of emergency deadline. And I think there's going to have to be a lot of work from the government now to reassure people coming to Paris for sporting events. Well, it's going to be a good time for fumigation companies, that's for sure. Um, (laughs) Angelique, thank you so much for coming on and telling us about what's been happening in France. Thank you. Thanks again to Paris correspondent Angelique Christophis and Professor Jerome Goddard. You can find all our reporting on bedbugs at theguardian.com. And that's it for today. The producer was me, Madeline Finley. The sound design was by Joel Cox. And the executive producer is Ellie Bury. We'll be back on Thursday. See you then. This is The Guardian. Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. Hi, my name is Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic, and I'm excited to talk to you about Club Med. Club Med operates beach and mountain resorts and is the best all-inclusive getaway for families. They have Club Med Punta Cana, their flagship family resort, and many other options in Mexico, the Caribbean, and around the world. Club Med are the pioneers of the all-inclusive concept, which is the best way to vacation. Great for families, groups, or even solo travelers looking for land and water sports, delicious food, Food and a place to make unforgettable memories. Visit clubmed.us, call 1-800-CLUB-MED or your travel advisor.